Thank y'all for tuning in to the Truth Be Told Hosea 4-6 podcast. Uh, we have a guest with us here today, um, our sister, who is a huge blessing to the kingdom and us. Um, she uh, She's going to share a little bit about her story uh, with denouncing her sorority. I know that's a big thing um, with, I know, just believers in general. I know a lot of believers who are in fraternities and sororities. Um, and so we want to just get her testimony, get her story and 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 she see where she she's coming from with with her decision to leave it. Um, so without further ado, we have Miss Sabrina Evans. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, we are glad to have you. Um, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Um, and um why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Uh, let people know who you are, where you're from, um, what you do. <laughs> so I'm Sabrina Evans, um, and I was um, born in Texas, a military brat, um, so lived in like seven different states. Um, but I currently reside in Richmond, Virginia. I went to uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. Uh, where I studied um, elementary education. So I went there for my bachelor's and my master's. Um, I teach the kiddos. I love teaching. I teach fifth grade um, here in Richmond Public Schools. Um, I love dance parties in my car. I love Jesus. Um, I have an amazing family and church family um, here in Richmond, New Generation Church, RVA. And um, that's me in a nutshell. And I love interesting facts about um, animals. Dope, dope. That's what's different. Yeah, hey, that's what's up. <laughs> um, I was telling, I was telling Maya actually. I want to, I want to get hopefully one day, um, Lord permitting, you and Sabrina, you and Sabrina, um, you and Maya. I want to get you and Maya on and just talk about being, you know, a Christian and being a teacher because I know from what she's told me, you can't verbally share that stuff. <laughs> you know, be interesting. Um, yeah, so. Definitely I would love get that, and I love her, so I would dope. love that. Dope, dope. But um, so let's let's uh let's let's jump right in. Um, let's start with your story. Um, um, I guess you know why did you join a sorority? What sorority did you join, and kind of start from there? Okay. Um, in 2014, I joined um AKA Alpha Kappa Alpha at Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, and there's so many different reasons, but um, simply because I really wanted community. Um, when I first got to VCU from Alexandria, I'm from Alexandria. Um, and so when I got here from Alexandria, I had um, like maybe three people that I knew on campus. Um, and I, in high school, I was very well known. So, and we'll get into that too, kind of identity and confidence and things like that. So I was very well known. Um, and I, and I ate off of that. I, I, I allowed that to become a part of me too. So when I got to VCU, I didn't know many people. Um, I was like, oh, like I, I would definitely be interested in um, this organization or just divine not in general. 
I knew, I didn't know much. Um, my sister is an AKA and I have cousins that are Deltas, but for the most part, I didn't know much about um, Divine Nine. I just saw how they helped the black community, um, how they advanced the black community and they continue to do that as well. Um, uh, and the community aspect, the communal aspect too. So I was like, oh, this seems really cool. Um, Cause I was actually considering leaving and going to an HBCU, going back home. So going to something familiar or something that I, I deemed to be familiar. Um, so once I, I heard that the chapter was coming back, um, I ended up um, applying to join. That's kind of the, that's kind of in a nutshell. Um, and that was my second semester freshman year of college. Hey, what do you, what do you mean by the chapter coming back? So uh, the last line previously was 2009. So the chapter had um, hazing allegations, but they were true. But um, there was hazing going on on campus. Um, mm -hmm. And so the chapter was suspended from 2009, <clears throat> excuse me, 2009 until 2014. Mm -hmm. Okay. I know something, um, something similar like that happened um, at uh, ODU. And um, there was a sorority that, they were, I think they were suspended for like three, four years or something like that for some stuff. Um, I know that's a, that's a big thing. So we can kind of get into that a little bit later. Um, but um, so, so we got the initial part. So um, I guess that journey of you um, being in the sorority, you know, did, did God start to just show you little signs? I, I guess, I guess in general, kind of describe what it was like, um, you know, from the point that you started up to the point that you, you know, you started to feel like, I don't know, something, something's different, something strange. God is speaking to me, pulling me out, kind of describe what that was like. Even before I answer your question, I did want to say this um, because mm -hmm. I see so many denouncing stories to um, so many people um, coming out from um, from these organizations and it's beautiful. Right. Um, I see the side of grace and then I see the side of condemnation. So I see <laughs> the side of some people coming out in fear. Um, I also see the side of some people coming out in love. Um, and for me, love drew me. So mm -hmm. I did want to say that 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 coming out of anything, whether it be, you know, an, a Greek organization, sexual lust, perversion, um, whatever it may be, it has to be love that draws and it cannot be fear, it cannot be hate, it cannot be condemnation because that's just anti-biblical um, um, in all sense too. Mm. But I think the first thing that I saw was when we were in um, our MIP process. So that was our membership, a membership intake process. So that's not the, the made process, you know, where you get beat and all of those things, but this is the membership intake process. And um, we had to do these different songs, do these different chants. Um, we had to walk around in, in different shapes. Um, and so from there, it was very eerie. Um, one um, ritual that we had to do, uh, we had a candle and we had to light the candle. We were in a church um, and we had to light the candle. Um, and we were basically saying to the oh, Alpha Kappa Alpha, we pledge our hearts, our minds, our strengths to foster thy teachings, obey thy laws. So different things like that we had to say in, in an ode and in an honor to um, AKA. Um, so that was the first instinct. I was like, wait, like I know that scripture. Um, mm -hmm. I know that word. I know that that's, that is not okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, in contrast to, of course, uh, like love the Lord with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. Um, and so I was like, something is not, something is not sitting well with me. Um, but I continued because in my mind, I was like, you know, everybody had to do this, you know, safe people had to do this, you know, it's just part of the process. Um, so the next thing that happened that I was like, okay, there's really, this, there's really something wrong, still ignored it, but I, I believe that there was still something wrong, um, was when we had to um, kneel. So finalizing the MI pre-process, we had um, our final ritual, so which was the actual um, solidifying that you were in the organization. And we had to kneel on uh, across some pillows um, and we had to sign our name in a book next to all the previous members of the chapter um, with pictures of actually the, um, you know, Ethel Hedgeman Lau, all of the mm -hmm. founders of the organization. And we had to sign our names, um, candles lit again, uh, candles lit again, um, and we kind of had to make this ode um, to them. So those were two mm -hmm. um, very detailed uh, in the ritual um, that we had to do that I was like, there's something still wrong, but I'm still going to ignore it because everyone had to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, what's going through my mind is, OK, one, why would you go inside the church? You know, and what's the significance of a candle? And thirdly, is, you know, whatever sorority or, or fraternity that you're making your your vow to is that viewed as a sort of deity you know that's what's running through my mind as you're speaking so um is that is that kind of how they you know hold it to as far as like you know with divine nine or whoever else even in you know uh pwis with their um sorority fraternities is it viewed as like another god or whoever yes. they okay not necessarily to the people, um, mm -hmm. but yes, it is It is definitely um, another God. You spend so much time um, with your brothers and sisters, especially online. You mm -hmm. spend aimless hours with, with your brothers and sisters um, doing different rituals, doing different tasks. You, you kind of become overwhelmed with it to the point of um, indoctrination. So you mm -hmm. kind of become indoctrinated with these organizations, with the rules, with the rituals, um, with the customs. Um, so yes, it is. It definitely takes the place of, or tries, attempts to take the place of, of God in, in your life. You said something about the candles though. And mm -hmm. one thing we did have to say was, I see the light. Um, I see the light, the, the AKA light, the guiding light. I don't remember it verbatim. Um, but AKA was seen as a light. So to, to shed light on things, to, to bring light to things, um, it was seen as that main guiding light. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that was probably um, mm. symbolic with the candles. Mm. Um, you mentioned that you had ignored kind of those those eerie feelings. Um, why is it so easy to ignore those eerie feelings? Um, you know, is it just because you you feel drawn? to join it, you know, you, I know you mentioned earlier that, um, you know, it was a lot of, uh, kind of identity type of things pulling on you, one in that community. So was it just those things that kind of helped you ignore it or, you know, what kind of, what yeah, was that like? It was, it was the identity. I think also, uh, 
like I said earlier, it was a resurrection line. That's what we call it, a, resu a resurrection line. Um, mm. And from 2009 to 2014, there was no line. So I ended up crossing with 83 girls, wow. 82, including me. Um, so 82 girls ended up crossing. So you're in the room with 82 girls and you're like, this does not feel right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's pressure, it's peer pressure. You're like, I'm not about to leave in the midst of 82 girls. Like, what are they going to say about me? So it's also kind of that self-image on campus. Oh, like she dropped line or, oh, she left. Um, how you, how you, uh, you didn't even drop the, the, the process line. So how you leave the, the paper line. So mm -hmm. it's kind of this um, self-image um how people look at you how people perceive you that's a big thing too um i think for me that was a part of it mm. um but i think for the most part in my mind i was just like everybody has to do this that's a part of these organizations like i've seen christian people cross um mm. at the time my um at the time my pastor at the time um was an alpha too so i was like oh like it's fine um so my validation was in people versus my own conviction with the lord um, that's one thing I really didn't do. I really didn't go to the Lord and, and, and ask him like, is this of you? Um, it was kind mm -hmm. of like, Lord, is this of you? Uh, if, if you would let me do this or you allow me to do this, um, I'll do it. And the Lord will allow us to do anything, right? Mm -hmm. Give us over to our own desires. Um, just like to talk, just like it talks about in Romans. So, um, I was given over to my desires. This is my personal desire. Um, I don't believe I really had any inclination um beforehand of not joining um because i really didn't i didn't seek the lord on it and not saying that you have to seek the lord in order to to for something to validate it but i know if i would have sought the lord about joining aka he would have mm -hmm. told me now whether i would have obeyed him or not mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that's that would have been a decision but um definitely that i, I would say that let me um i want to i want to back up just for a tad bit um because you know, what, what I'm hearing, you know, from your story, from, you know, when we started talking, were you a Christian going into this process? And what was your relationship like going into this process of pledging AKA? That's a good question. I was raised in the church. Uh -huh. um, so I was in the church all my life. Um, my parents were kind of the first generational, uh, first generational, generational curse breakers. Mm -hmm. um, so they really like instilled in us godly principles, um, affirmed us, uh, were very present. Um, you know, they're not perfect, of course, but mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. did their best. They showed us their mistakes. They showed us how they, um, you know, were redeemed um, from those mistakes as well. Now, when I got to college, and even before that, I truly wasn't, I didn't have my own true personal relationship with the Lord. Like, you know, I read some scriptures here and there. You know, I knew my John 3.16, even though it's still valuable. Um, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we as people, we try to devalue things, um, you know, based off of whatever whatever the situation is. But right. um, I knew the scriptures that were mainly said, but I didn't have a working personal relationship with the Lord. I didn't. Um, I was definitely one that was drawn by my desires in my flesh and insecurities mm -hmm. and things like that. So um, I didn't come into my own personal, personal relationship with the Lord um, until, excuse me, until uh, 2017. Um, now I gave my life back to Christ 2014 before mm -hmm. I joined. I, I rededicated my life to Christ. Um, I was in church, still in church during this time, even, um, even pledging 
and all of that stuff, still in church. But if we're talking about spiritual, personal relationship with the Lord, no, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. That's that's um that's interesting. That seems to kind of be a story for um for a lot of a lot of people who join not join who who go into college. So a lot of these things, you know, you you get exposed to, and if you don't have that solid foundation in Christ, you know, you you get exposed to just so many different things, and um, you know, so it's just I I just thought that was interesting just to hear you say that. Um, even though you grew up in church, you, when you got into college, you didn't have that really that that solid foundation. So mm-hmm. you know, of course, um, you know you you ended up joining the uh, the sorority because of that. Um, like you said, as you sought them out, you know the Lord would have definitely revealed to you, um, Nah, that's not for you. <laughs> he would have. It, it literally is is that, and I think that's the. Kind of the craftiness, the cunningness of the organizations too is definitely that that mm-hmm. they present themselves to you know young people, whether they be believers or not. But a lot of times, it's to fraternities, it's to fatherless um, fatherless men. Um, mm-hmm. For women, it's to you know women who lack self esteem or or have insecurities, um, and they present themselves at this kind of premature. Um, beautiful stage in life, right? Because we always have, we all have to go through it. It's still a, a beautiful stage of discovery. But right when they're starting this discovery, you know, a lot of people leaving their homes, leaving, leaving their past, leaving other things, leaving friends and all of that stuff, right when they are on that discovery, boom, here comes Divine Nine uh, and, and all that entails with it. It's very crafty, very cunning, and very intentional as well. Mm. Mm. That's that's interesting. Um, very so, very much so. Um, briefly, can you can you describe a little about what you mean about is very crafting and cunning? I know you just kind of explained <laughs> that, but you know, I want to. I don't know. I kind of want to touch that a little bit. You know, go deep. Like, go I, deep. I, I guess are there you know are there specific um, kind of subconscious techniques or ways to get people to join. I know um, personally, you know, being in school and kind of being amongst that scene, it kind of does seem like, you know, there's a, there's a specific agenda, you know, you know who you want to join, who you don't want to join and you kind of play on, you know, what those people look like. Um, So yeah, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. That's such a good question for, I think it's different for, specific sororities and i think it's different for fraternities versus sororities period but i think they're they're kind of totally different so as for um aka and uh probably delta um and i would say for the sororities maybe those two most people want to be aka's most people want to be deltas Mm -hmm. so most of the time that is that's it's they play off of their desire so a lot of girls will go to um programs and and meetings and different things like that um trying to be sought after so that's more with when when it comes to delta and aka more people want to be sought after they're like oh like i I, like i really want to be an aka i really want to be a delta um and you'll have more people at programs with those organizations and of course you know it always depends on chapter two on the chapter the school um when it comes to maybe zetas sg rose 
Um, with them, it's a little different. Most of the time people have to go head hunting. Um, so those two organizations, most people have to go like the, the organizations, like whoever are the members at the time, they actually have to go into those, those, the, I guess the school in general and find those girls. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of the same with, with, with fraternities. Um, you have your alphas, you have your kappas, you have your cubes for the most part. If, if they want to be anything, if a guy wants to be anything, he'll join one of those three. Um, but guys are a little different. A lot of guys, you, you'll see guys come from uh, maybe low income areas, um, first generation college student coming into school, um, don't really have, don't really know anybody. They don't, they don't, they don't, they're not there for anything. I mean, they're not there for the social aspect. They're there more to break those generational curses. They have more of a mindset of let me put my family on. So when those organizations go and headhunt, they, they seek out those specific guys. Oh, like, yeah, like, especially like the Qs. Um, you'll see a lot of people who are from those areas going into um, Divine Nine or, or the Qs in general. Um, but it's, it's different. I'm sorry. This different, um, is different ways and mechanisms. So whether that be programs, whether that be somebody trying to be your friend, whether that mm -hmm. be inviting people to parties, um, specific parties like Q parties, AKA parties, um, whatever it may be, that's kind of the cunning ways of doing that, especially through programs, through parties, um, through step shows, um, through strolling, um, whatever it is, that's, those are kind of the, the main ways um, that that happens. And sometimes they just happen through authentic friendships. Like people can become friends in class and then they're like, man, have you ever thought about doing this? Or, or sis, have you ever thought about doing this? And that's kind of how it comes about too. I, um, let me ask you this. Cause when you're talking about head hunting, I'm thinking about certain fraternal organizations that are not attached to college, you know? Um, and you know, they say, if you want to know what one is, you got to ask one, inquire about that. Do you think that frats and sororities are a gateway to something deeper um you know like maybe freemasonry any other type of organization that you know you follow the rabbit trail follow the rabbit hole do you think that's a start um for some yes um mm -hmm. like even like eastern stars too um mm -hmm. for some mm -hmm. yes but i think they're kind of i remember one time this this guy came up to me um on campus and he was actually a mason um, and at that time, I was like, masonry is just terrible. That's what I've heard growing up. So I was like, masonry is terrible, it's demonic. But mm -hmm. I was an AK at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, what do you mean? Like, we're your father. Like, we're like the father of the organization. And so I remember doing research and Divine Nine actually came from an organization, Skull and Bones. Mm -hmm. So then Skull and Bones, um, that was a predominantly white organization, too. Mm -hmm. um, and then from Skull and Bones came, you know, fraternities and sororities um, in the Panhellenic Council. So in predominantly white organizations. Then um, I guess black people are like, man, we want these organizations, too. Mm -hmm. So we're going to make Divine Nine. But all of them, of course, stem back to Egyptian mysticism. So you have these. And like you said, the rabbit hole, not necessarily to masonry, not necessarily to Eastern Star. Um, because I know some people that are Eastern stars and they're not, they, they're not interested in divine nine, right. um, but they all have a, a very close like relatability um, with each other. And that all stems from root and that stems from 
Egyptian mysticism, mm -hmm. um, Egyptian theology, Greek mythology, um, all of those entities. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Uh, and I don't mean to say it's crazy as far as like astounding. I'm not surprised. Yeah. You know, uh, especially when you're dealing with um, Egyptian mysticism, you know, how intertwined that has become with so, so much that we see today. Um, you know, fascination, but I mean, there's some prominent folks that you know, past time, current time, being tied up with skull and bones. So, um, when would you say that you started to hear from God, and did it challenge you? Did you did you have a Jacob moment where you wrestled with that? Absolutely, absolutely. That that's a perfect way of saying it. I definitely had a Jacob um, experience um, leading up. Like I said, even from the rituals, even from everything that I ignored, mm -hmm. um, one big thing and probably very practical thing is I, I saw how much drama there was. There mm -hmm. was a lot of divisiveness. There was a lot of division. There was a lot of vanity. There was a lot of pride. And we'll probably talk about that more um, later. But there was a lot of division amongst the Black community from organization to organization, um, within organization, from person to person. Um, from line to line, um, there was just a lot of division as it to, as it pertained to um, even processes, whether somebody got a worse process than somebody else, whether somebody was made better than somebody else. Um, so there was a lot of division even in the organizations um, that I saw practically. Uh, now spiritually, um, that experience came to me when it was once our chapter got suspended again, um, I literally was like, you know what, Lord, I really want to get to know you like my parents know you. Um, they know you for themselves. I don't know you for myself. Mm -hmm. I can't, I don't feel like I hear you. I don't feel like, I know you're talking to me, but I don't feel like I can really discern you. Um, and I was like, I've seen what you've done for my parents. I've seen how you brought them out of, of, of literal hell in, in the midst of their lives. I was like, I want to experience you for myself. Um, right when that happened, that was when the Jacob experience started. That's when literally like praying that bold prayer, like the Lord really started revealing himself to me. So mm -hmm. I started dreaming more. And I remember loudly one day, that was probably the first time I felt like I really heard the Lord and I was able to, to distinctively know like this was God. I would never have thought something like this. Um, and he was just like, if you want to follow me, you have to leave AKA. And I was like, mm. wow. Nope. I was like, no, 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 that was not the Lord. Like, that was not him. He did not say that. Um, and I denied it for about three to four months. That was maybe July or August 2017. Um, and I didn't make up my mind uh, until about December 2017. So I really wrestled. Um, and I was like, this is not you. Like, I don't feel like this is you. Um, and as I went on throughout the, um, throughout the semester, it was just reveal, reveal, reveal. Like the Lord will reveal things in people. Um, the Lord will reveal things to me in my quiet time. I was an RA during the time. So sometimes on duty, um, I would um, watch videos. So I would mm -hmm. watch um, like certain videos. I remember watching a, a Renouncing Delta video, um, a very good video, very graceful video, very biblical video. And I was like, like I just felt more convicted and more convicted. Mm -hmm. um, but there were definitely seeds along the way that were planted. Um, before even that experience that I had personally with the Lord, like there were other experiences. Um, I had one of my really close friends, she actually came to me in my dorm um, the year prior. Um, and she told she was talking to me, she was like, do you really think that these organizations are 
um, of the Lord. Like, um, I'm just concerned about your soul. Wow. Um, and I had everything to combat her. Like, I, I was like, yes, they are because this, 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 this. Um, so I was very eloquent in, in, I guess, AKA language in, in, mm-hmm. in that language, um, to be able to combat her with everything. She left defeated. I left confused. So mm-hmm. I was just confused. I was a mess. I was like, Lord, I don't, like what what just happened mm-hmm. um and that really kind of started it off but what really was icing on the cake was that experience i had with the lord um you know for myself wow mm. and you you actually said a couple of things i had a conversation with a brother last night um that um has a similar experience as you and um Oh man, I, it slipped my mind what you said, but you said two key things that he mentioned last night. I know, I know one of the things you mentioned earlier um, was that how a lot of people that join um, as far as um, men goes, you know, they may not have a father figure in their life. They may come from low income families. And he actually said that. And I just thought that was interesting. Um, and, and that, that kind of seems to me almost like it's it's confirmation. Like, I, and I don't I don't think you two know each other, um, but um, you know, just the fact that he said that just last night and you said it, it just kind of shows that you know there has to be some kind of similarity um, in in what's what's going on and why so many other people are you know denouncing or renouncing their their. Um, their organizations. Um, so, um, what was that process like when you finally came to the point where it was like, you know what, I hear you God. Um, what was that process like for you? Were you nervous? Were you, you know, did you do it fearfully? Um, you know, just kind of describe that a little bit. I was definitely nervous, definitely nervous. Mm Um, I think I was more nervous because, again, of self-image. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was nervous. Well, number one, I was nervous if I really heard the Lord. So mm-hmm. that was that was number one. I was like, Lord, like I'm, I'm trying out this journey with you. Like I really want to be obedient to what you have to say. I'm, I'm surrendering every area of my life. Like I'm surrendering my mind, I'm surrendering my heart, but I'm also surrendering my finances, my social life. It, I'm surrendering everything to you. So I really want to make sure that I'm, I'm being led by you because before I wasn't led by you and what did that lead to? Time... Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially time wasted that I really could have been learning myself and learning the Lord. Um, even though I did learn myself in the midst of it and learn the Lord, but um, I really wanted to know that it was him. So that was number one. Number two is definitely self image. Like how would people perceive me? Like they gonna perceive me as too deep doing too much. So I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be perceived as either one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last but not least, I, because of influence and I think every, I, I believe that every believer is an influencer to be completely honest, because there's some influence, there's some amount of influence that you're going to have. So whether that's five people, a thousand, a million, whatever, you're going to influence in your own right, in your own way. Um, and being an influencer, I I ended up, my life and, and how I lived, I ended up inspiring a lot of girls to actually come into AKA. Mm-hmm. So I dealt with a lot of guilt, um, a lot of shame, um, because I was like, Lord, like, how are you going to tell me to leave? And I, I like <laughs> brought all these people into the organization. So I felt so guilty. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, I led so many people to false identity, to serving basically a false idol. So um, that, like, really disheartened me 
Uh, and I was like, man, like, I can't do that. I can't leave them. Um, but I, I came to terms with that and I, I healed from that. But I really was, I felt so much guilt and shame. So that was a lot of it. Um, but then finally, when I officially denounced, I denounced to the Lord in December 20, 2017. Um, but then I denounced to the chapter. Well, I denounced to my friends who are still my friends. Um, I have about four, um, four friends that, um, in AKA. They're still AKAs to this day. Um, but I denounced to them first. We went out to eat and I was like, y'all, I have something to tell y'all. And they were like, what? And I was like, um, I'm denouncing AKA. And then one of them was like, well, we were like, when were you going to do it? I was like, are you serious? Oh, wow. So they already knew because they knew me. Mm-hmm. They knew that and they knew they saw my process. They saw um, how I was getting closer to God. They saw that on me without me having to, you know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Um, like they saw me transforming before their eyes. So they already knew, like mm-hmm. they already knew. Um, and that brought me so much joy and peace too, knowing that they, they were able to even recognize that. Um, and they didn't say that condescendingly or rudely or anything, but they were just like, we were, we were waiting. Um, wow. So that was peaceful. Now I denounced to the group chat um, mm-hmm. for the, the rest of the chapter too, but I didn't stay in long enough to even hear their responses. Cause I was like, Lauren, I'm not going to be swindled out of this decision. I know what you told me. I don't have time to debate with nobody about what you told me. Um, if they want to experience you, um, if that's what they want to, to ask me about, I'll tell them the prayers that they can pray. But other than that, I'm not going to be swindled out of this, this decision to finally follow after you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I denounced in the chat and I left. So that's pretty much how it went down with actually denouncing um, to them. And then the actual, um, I guess, the official denouncing, uh, you have to write in a letter with a notary um, and you have to send it to the headquarters, which is in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wrote in um, a notary while I didn't know the process. Funny, this is a funny story. I called um, and then um, I was like, hi, my name is Sabrina Evans. I'm from this chapter, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I had some questions. She was like, oh, hey, Soror, how you doing? Um, and I was like, yes, I wanted to actually um, learn about denouncing. And then she was like, oh, like move. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was just day. I was like, oh, Kill my gosh. She told me, she was basically like, you know, you're, um, are you doing this because of your husband? I was like, ma'am, I'm not married. Um, <laughs> are you doing this because your boyfriend, your friends, uh, you're going to regret this. Um, so she's saying all of that on the phone to me. And I was like, wow. I was like, well, I just, I just want to denounce. So can you just let me know how to do that? Um, so, so she told me that I had to write in with the notary um, and send it. And then that was it. Um, and I officially got my papers back maybe a couple months later that showed that I had officially denounced. I'm thinking, because when you said your friends were just kind of like, well, when were you going to, you know, come out and say, you know, like they already knew. It's What I'm getting from that is like, you can't be a Christian and, you know, join a sorority or frat. What, do you... <laughs> I'm not trying to be too much conflicting here, but is it possible to, you know, hey, listen, I'm saved. I, you know, I'm Jesus all out, you know, head to toe. Could I, what would you say to somebody that, that came to you and said, you know, Sabrina, I'm joining whatever sorority frat. And you know, you go to church with them, Bible study, small group, you know, they're saved. What would you say? Um, I would say one, you absolutely can be saved, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, mm. and be in 
Divine Nine. Like I've mm. seen people that have the character of the Lord that are some of the most meek, humble, powerful people in the kingdom that are in Divine Nine. Um, mm. So I can never say that someone could not be Christian and um, be in a in a divine in a Greek organization. Mm -hmm. um, now, what I can say is, I for identity purposes, um, and I think that these these organizations specifically eat away at identity. Um, mm -hmm. And so those same people, you'll see they may struggle in areas of their identity um, heavily. Um, mm -hmm. And it seems like a cycle, but it's because of these organizations. So still, there, it's, it's uh, of course, demonic. And I don't think that any um, believers should be a part of the organizations. But at the same time, well, not but, but and at the same time, um, there are people who are saved that are that are Greek. Hmm. So would you say it's um, it's more more of a um, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, like a sanctification type type ordeal, you know, because um, I, 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 I definitely agree that, you know, you can still be saved and be filled mm -hmm. with spirit and be a mm -hmm. part of it. Um, but how does that affect your sanctification? I would I would agree with that. I would think that I think personally that it is a, a matter of sanctification, um, being separate, being being holy, um, uh, you know, in of course, by God, but I definitely think it is a matter of, of sanctification. Yeah. Mm. And I would, I would deter anybody um, from joining if they came to me um, back to your question, um, Trevor, I would definitely deter anyone um, that came to me and asked me, you know, how, what do you think? I would, I would definitely tell them my story. Um, but ultimately it, it is a, it is a decision that you have to make with the Lord. No one can force anyone um, out of being in the divine nine, just as that's with anything else. Um, so I would definitely, I, I would definitely say, you know, this is something that could definitely set you back years on your, your identity, on knowing who you are in Christ, of, mm -hmm. of knowing that you are loved, you don't have to work for anything, um, because that's the biggest theme in these organizations is that you have to work, you have to earn, you have to earn these letters, you have to work for this, you have to work for the approval of your profites, you have to work for the approval of the campus, mm -hmm. you have to work for the approval of um, other other people, other organizations, even on campus, oh, we're made more, we're, we're this, we're better, whatever it may be, even outside of the made process, um, even if you're talking about just activities, programs, it's, there's so much competitiveness and there's mm -hmm. so much, um, there's so much competitiveness, there's so much division, there's so much vanity um, that comes at the black community by way of these organizations. So mm -hmm. um, that's, that that's what I would really show them is where there is good in everything. Um, the fundaments of this to your soul, to your emotional well-being, to your to your mind, to your will. This is definitely a part of the permissive will of God. Do you do you feel temptation to return at any point? Like um, hanging out with your homegirls and yes, I saw that question. I was like, oh my gosh, it's <laughs> such a good question. Um, and what what helped me really answer this question too um, was just thinking in my flesh. We um, at church where uh, we have a leadership meeting and mm -hmm. we have leadership trainings, and that was one thing we were just studying was like overcoming the flesh, y'all. That thing, but um, <laughs> it was really good. It was really necessary, but. 
um, I was able to understand that, yes, in my flesh, absolutely. Like, I have moments where I'm like, you know, I could go out here and stroll and uh, whatever. And not, not literally like I want to do that. But I have thoughts in my mind that come to my mind. Like, you know, when I did this, I was liked for this. When I did this, I was, I was appreciated for this. But in my spirit, man, I would never go back. Ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. And I think the biggest reason why I would never is because I found this false identity. I established this false identity in mm-hmm. these organizations that, again, took me so far away from my true identity in the Lord. I fought, I have fought um, for, my, uh, for not only my rightful place um, in my identity, but I have fought to, to understand and value the love of the Lord. I would never take up that time and, and waste that time with all the, the fighting against false identity, false false thoughts, false thinking um, that I have done. So in my flesh at times, yeah. yeah. In, my, in my spirit, man, never. That seems like to be, you know, that's like the theme I keep hearing this year. It's like just finding your identity in Christ, you know. Even with what's going on in our country, you know, social unrest and, you know, it's just finding who you are in Christ. You know, so that's, that's pretty good. That's kind of confirmation. I think with uh with Jamal and I with with I just the identity alone, just finding who you are in Christ and standing strong in that. So. And I think too with that because like I told you, I I've struggled with um with identity and mm-hmm. insecurities for I would say insecurities for a long long time. Yeah. Um and getting better in that, and I feel like I've definitely reached levels and levels of of healing from that, but still going through some processes. Um, but I think the, the beautiful thing or, or the benefit of that is literally understanding your God-given purpose on this earth. Mm-hmm. Like there's no thing outside of your God-given identity that's even going to show you what you should do. So mm-hmm. a lot of times people go into different, even jobs, even different sectors, um, even different careers, uh, even different majors in college um, because of insecurity, because I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Why don't you know what you're supposed to do nine times out of 10? Because you haven't sat with the Lord on what I should do, how I should do it, um, when I should do it. Um, so people get into jobs that, you know, at, like every open door is not, is not the right door to open. Right. So people get into these um, opportunities. They open these doors, even if it's doors that they've wanted forever, like being a legacy. Mm-hmm. So I'm so being a legacy in an organization, you've wanted that forever, but you've never taken the time out to say, is this really what the Lord wants for me? Is this something that I'm going, I'm supposed to be doing in my life that's going to give glory to the Lord? So I think it's it's kind of that same theme with the Lord will give you over to your desires, but mm-hmm. will you be in the, the right will of God? Will you be in the will of God? No. Mm-hmm. To that point, um, I remember having a, a conversation with the pastor one time and um, I, I, I challenged him on that. You know, I said, uh, and we were, we were in the college setting um, and, and I asked him, I said, uh, cause he, he's a, he's a, um, an alpha. Uh, you may have been there actually. I okay. was, I was like, okay. I that. <laughs> okay. I was like, hold on, wait a second. I think she was there. But so you told me about, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so for everyone who, who does not know, um, I, I, I challenged, the, uh, challenged the pastor and I asked him, um, I said, you know, um, no one questions, should I go to this party? No one prays and asks God, should I go to this party? Um, you know, should I, 
um, I don't know, have premarital sex. I don't know. Um, I, I can't quite remember everything that I said, but I, I asked him, I said, no one asked those questions. I says, um, but you know, wouldn't it make sense to ask that question? If you're a believer, wouldn't it make sense to ask that question when joining a fraternity or sorority? Um, because I, I, I think he mentioned, correct me if I'm wrong, Sabrina, I think he mentioned something about um, him praying and it being confirmed or something like that. But, um, you know, I, I asked myself, you know, why wouldn't someone ask God about that or ask for that type of confirmation for such a big decision? Um, and I think I think if believers truly, like like you said, Sabrina, earlier, if believers truly question about those things, God will show what it is that you're supposed to do, especially if it's something that's either of God or not of God. Um, you know, it all comes down to what his will is for your life. Um, I'm, I'm sure God can, because he's God, he can do whatever. Oh, no. I don't know that he would lead someone to do something like that, but I agree. Um, and and that's an example of a of a God fearing man who mm -hmm. loves the Lord, who has the character of the Lord that I truly respect um, in the kingdom of God. Um, and that's an example of a person that is an alpha. You know, is a person in um, Greek life that still is you know still is in um the organization so like we talked about earlier um i do believe that god can use anything though um like anything can work out for yeah. for, for our good and i believe that joining aka actually kind of kept me kept me here in richmond where i'm called to be um so say i would have left um and went to another college went to another school um did something else i wouldn't actually be in richmond to to plow the ground um, where I'm supposed to be. Um, right. So that was the, that was a good aspect because sometimes as believers, even um, to those um, Christians who have already denounced that might listen to, to um, this podcast too. Um, sometimes we, we have this strong shame. Like mm -hmm. I wasted so many years um, doing this when I could have been living my life for Christ. And it's like, well, the Lord, we, we do, we do so many different things. Like he's still going to use that for his glory, whatever, in whatever way. Like if you right. learn time management, if you learn mm -hmm. how to be accountable for people, um, mm -hmm. like there's always good in every situation, um, even if it's something that's not of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and a perfect example of that, um, that, that pastor, he actually mentioned that someone got saved. He saw someone get saved, you know, through him, the Lord used him to, you know, for someone to get saved. So, um, I definitely think that's awesome. Um, I would have loved to have been there for for when you challenged. <laughs> it was it was a great um it was a great great meetup. Um, uh -huh. it actually came about because I did a um I did a podcast a while back, and a lot of people I think were asking him questions and other people questions in general. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were like, you know, like you know, Sabrina denounced. Like, is this of God? Like, is this not of God? Um, and so that's kind of how even the event came up. And I think mm. the beauty, though, of that happening was it made people think. And I think right. it made people more critical thinkers and independent thinkers as well. Because mm. that's another thing that happens in Divine Nine is there's like this uni universalism. Like everybody is like one, it's like one band, one sound, kind of like drumline. 
Mm-hmm. Um, everybody kind of has the same thoughts. Everybody kind of has the same opinions. Not saying that everybody's a robot, not saying that they don't have their own minds, but um, it's the same responses. It's the same um, output. If someone says it's not of God, everyone has kind of the same um, kind of, uh, in some sense, sometimes aggressive, um, mm-hmm. but sometimes calm. It just mm-hmm. depends on the person. But they kind of have the same rhetoric or the same way of responding to these questions. Like, um, no, actually, in the Bible, it says this. And we'll have scripture. Like, and we'll have scripture to, to, um, to combat those things, too. So um, I think it just, the entire organization, as the, every single last one of them, of the organizations, again, deter people from the love of Christ. It's not a, something that leads people into the love of Christ. God can use it. But that doesn't mean that it is something of him. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. That's that's real good. Um, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, have you, have you received any backlash from, you know, other sorors, uh, different folks in uh, the Divine Nine or, you know, I know you said you had a, uh, a good support system with your friends, but has anybody come and said, man, you just trying to spiritualize, you know, you just trying to, you know, it ain't had nothing to do with God. You know, this is just a social networking. Right. Have, you, have you experienced that? That's a good question and a good point, especially that latter half. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'll touch on that too, about the kind of social club. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I have had backlash to my face. No, I have not had backlash. I actually have had, have had a lot of support. Um, a couple of my friends have actually denounced. Um, wow. Two, wow. I have about three friends that have denounced. So that's been amazing to see. Um, mm-hmm. And not necessarily, again, not because of me. I think my example inspired, but they had to come out of that on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's been beautiful too. Um, but for the most part, no, to my face. Behind my back, yeah. And actually the same sisters that I denounced to first my still my friends um they actually had a lot of battles and they actually probably got the brunt of it more than me um they kind of had to battle with other people um behind my back uh in order to to support and and different things like that but they've actually probably gotten it worse than I have uh Mm. during this time Mm. and that's that's so that's that's so funny because you can just kind of see the hypocrisy of, you know, this whole brotherhood, sisterhood thing that you were talking about. You know, y'all, y'all went through the mud, y'all went through the process together and y'all supposed to be sisters. Y'all supposed to be close. And then you make this decision and a lot of them don't support it. Um, I, I, um, I, I specifically remember it and I've actually never went, went public with this until now. Um, I've told like people um, in person, but to this degree, I haven't. I was actually on a Sigma line um, at ODU for seven days. And um, it was right before I had just uh, really started following Christ. So I, I, I think that's fine. I think we kind of have a similar story. Um, and uh, on, I think it may have been like that fifth or sixth day um, things just started to get really weird. Like I went into it telling myself like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to allow this. I'm not going to allow that. And I started to allow a lot of things to happen. I, and I, I put aside a lot of those things just because I wanted this 
this brotherhood. I wanted this this network, you know, um, and um, to the point of what you were saying about identity. Um, I know in college, I always wanted to be in. I wanted to I, I wanted to be, you know, strolling, you know, at the parties, everybody gets out of the way and they let the fraternities and the sororities stroll and everybody's screaming and, and yelling, you know, and it's like, man, I want that. I want that for me. I want the girls. I want to be getting all of the parties and all of that, et cetera, et cetera. So I started to kind of push a lot of my um, integrity to the side yeah. for this. Um, and um, it, it got to the point where they started to haze and they started to beat. And that was one of the biggest things. I said, my dad has never beat me. I'm not letting another man, you know, put a paddle to me, put his hands on me, anything. And I allowed it to happen. And it it it, it really made me just feel um, just not like a man. It, 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 it just completely kind of stripped me of all of who I knew I was. Um, and then on that seventh day, I just, I, I said, this, this is just not it for me. Um, you know, with all the rituals and the chants and all of that, all of that stuff just added up and it's just like, it's not for me. Um, and um, I, I, I said all that to say, I shared that because um, just about what you were saying just, just a minute ago um, and, and how you finished what you were saying. So um I want to go into this. I want to get your opinion on this. Um, I, I just recently saw a video. Um, um, there, there's this guy, he's, he's in a fraternity, and um, he basically gives his perspective on why people denounce. And um, he starts off saying, um, I think the biggest reason why people denounce is because they start to do things that they didn't do before. So they feel like, oh, you know, this is wrong, like this is sinful, and you know, God is is calling me out of this, you know, you know, so forth and so forth. And really, it's just, you know, you can, you have a choice to not go to a party, you have a choice not to drink, you have a choice to not do this and not do that. So a lot of that influences their psyche to pull them out, and it's really probably not as spiritual as they think it is. I just wanted to get your opinion on that. I have like so many things racing through my mind right now, but um, so many, uh, because there's so many angles you can take from that. So one would be that even when you come into Christ, there are things that you're, you normally don't do that you're going to start doing. Mm -hmm. So I think that parallels like the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light. Like there's going to be things in the Lord that you're going to do that you weren't doing before. So having that as a reason isn't valid. I think the other part of that too is when we, I guess when we think about uh, um, even the organizations in general, what are those things? And he said that they, they had a choice. Um, and that was what really kind of, I was like, wait, a choice um, for a lot of fraternities and for a lot of uh, brothers that are, that are crossing, they don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. um, there's not much choice that you, that you have. It's either you do it or you don't. Um, you do it or you drop line. You do it or somebody fears you into dropping line. Um, and so I guess even that would, that would even go along with processes um, and maybe his being a little different than somebody else's, but um, there's not much no that you can, there's, there's really no no that you can say when you're online, especially the made, um, the made line. If you're, if that's the way that you're intaking, um, you don't really have much decision in your process. Like your process is their process. Whatever your profile say is what you do. 
Um, so whether that be drinking, whether that be smoking, whether that be having sex for some, for some chapters, um, whether that be, um, getting hit, whether that be eating weird things, whatever it may be, um, you're going to do it. You're going to have to do it or else you're dropping the line. Um, and they'll call you punk. Like they'll really, like you said, the breaking down, they'll really break you down, um, in order for you to quit. Um, and that's actually a, a common poem, um, that, that made lines um speak is a poem called don't quit um and so like they'll literally break you down until you want to quit so your dependency is solely on hey i've made it this far hey i've done this the next day after set you can you can be in set which is which is like the the nights of of, of hazing you can be in set on well, nights of most hazing um but you can be in set and the next day a profile call you and say man you did so good like I'm so proud of you. Like, keep going. Like, don't give up. It's yeah. some type of like mental mind control. A, yes, in mind control, it's a mental control. Um, like, don't give up. The next night, they're the same person slapping you in the face, telling you that you did horrible. Um, so it's it's a reoccurring kind of psychological um, insanity that you actually build um, inside of your mind during that time. So to his point, back to his point. Um, Yes, there are going to be things that you do that you have not done before, 100%. But that's with anything. So I don't think that's a valid um, response to denouncing, to somebody denouncing. Um, whether you get a job, you can get a new job and start doing something new. Um, that doesn't mean that you're supposed to leave or that doesn't mean that you're supposed to stay. Um, if something is going against your morals nine times out of ten while you're online, they're not going to be honored. Um, because you're in their house, like you're in their territory. So if you're not doing what they tell you to do, either you do it or you leave. Trouble. Yeah. Um, yes, or you right, or you leave. So there's not much room for decision. Um, there have been people who have stuck up for their morals online. You know, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to do this. And sometimes their profile has honored that and been like, you know, we really want this person around. We really want this person online. So they don't have to do that, but they have to compensate. So they have to do something else or their brother has to, or their sister has to pick up for what they didn't do. So it's still, again, it's kind of that mental battle, kind of that weird fun um, inside of someone's mind. Hmm. And I actually have heard, um, like I personally know people who went into suicide ideation um, oh. from being hmm. online. Hmm. Um, I actually partook in um, a made line as well not coming in um but there was a split up y'all it, it was split multiple ways um but like a split line is a line that some were some were made some were processed and then some were paper they just went through the mip process mm -hmm. um, and so all of us came in paper um and then some got made and then later on some more got made i was part mm -hmm. of the some more um i didn't finish though um, I, I, I dropped that line. I said, no, no, no. Uh, but um, <laughs> during that line, that's exactly what occurred. So it was that, you know, that mental, like, hey, like you're doing good, keep going. Um, and then um, at set, totally different story. Mm. I've, I've heard people, I've heard people liken it sometimes to the military, to like boot camp. And that's what's know, going through like, my mind now. And it's like, you know, these are two different things, you know, they're, they're not, it's like you, you 
in a sense, you, you chose to partake in the process to join this fraternity and sorority. And the same with the military. However, the military is it, it, it's a system. They're, they're, they're trying to kind of shape and mold you and to be able to uh, um, accept some type of authority because that's what your career is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Now, that's literally what your career is. But to go through this process um, is it's just it's completely two different things. You know, I... I shouldn't have to partake in certain things just to want to be accepted to this, um, to this organization. If you, if you truly like me for who I am, which I don't think a lot of them don't, um, they, they want to shape and mold you into who they want you to be. But if you truly accept me for who I am, I shouldn't have to change. I shouldn't have to, you know, be afraid of you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah. I agree. I, I agree. And even to add to that, the military is building you up to go to war. What what you're learning to and what you're learning in um, inset or, or or being made in that process, you're learning to do that to somebody else. So it's not much of and and yes, there are some again, there's some twisted and demented kind of valuable lessons that you learn, um, but they're still not impurity. So mm-hmm. if they're impure, they're they're not of the Lord. So you learn these different things. Um, you kind of have PTSD. Most people that leave. Uh, a maid line or even cross have PTSD. Um, they may not understand that that's what it is, but they have a lot of post-traumatic traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. And so one is building you up to actually go to war, fight, battle. Um, and the other one is literally building you up to do it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's traditionalism versus there's actually a, a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so Two different things. I agree. So, w- what would you say if um, you know somebody making a video is saying, "Well, you know, that was her experience. That was his experience. You know, it's not like that over here." You know, what what would you say to that? Um, most people most people actually say that. That's that's very common. That's like, very common. Um, that's her conviction. That's her experience. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that they went to. And um, honestly, I agree with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree with them because some people don't have the same experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they negate the the similarities, though. That's kind of their their cop out. Like it wasn't the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. We didn't do the same exact thing, but you did something. So <laughs> instead of we did something similar, it's mm-hmm. we, didn't, we didn't do that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but majority of the time you see people... Um, like really degrading people about these things. So like you weren't tough enough, like that was in my experience or trying to save the chapter by saying that was in my experience. Um, we don't haze, we don't do any of those things. Um, so making sure that underground process stays underground mm-hmm. um, instead mm-hmm. of somebody saying it out loud, um, trying to keep tradition sacred, um, keeping secrecy. Um, most of the time that's that's why that's said, but I do agree that, that some of the process that I went through, a lot of people didn't go through, mm-hmm. um, but there were some similarities and there were still things that were not okay. I remember to kind of take a quick step back. Um, I, I, was, I specifically remember one night, it was a long night and it was, it was tough. Um, um, and um, the uh, program director or whatever his position was, he had these papers, he held the papers up and he said, do y'all know what this is? And we're looking like, no, of course we don't. He's like, these are papers. These these are papers that easily get you in this organization. 
I'm like, oh, really? He said, yeah. He said, all you got to do is just sign it. He's like, go through, you know, a few extra things and you're in it. Um, but the caveat to that was if you sign those papers, you're going to be looked at differently. You're going to be looked at as the stepbrother. You're going to be looked at as the black sheep. You know, um, I specifically remember one example they shared was like, um, you, 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 you wouldn't be the one invited to the cookout. Mm-hmm. When we have a cookout, you wouldn't be the one invited. And it was just like, wow. And it's like, you know, a, a lot of a lot of brothers that come in through paper, through just signing a paper, you know, they put their work in, you know, a few years and then they're accepted. He's like, but most of the time you won't be accepted. So I was just kind of thinking about what you were saying about the whole mental, the, like the um, psychological aspect that that played a huge part i know it me personally and the other two guys that i was online with because we, we were in a car like nah that's whack like you know we we got to be in you know we got to be accepted amongst everybody we can't take this easy route but it's like you know you shouldn't have to do things like that you know and i think i think from a biblical perspective that's wrong you know that's far left and that's far wrong um but yeah, I was just thinking about that as you were talking. Yeah, it's that acceptance. Like, mm-hmm. there's no grace. Like, it, it. I would definitely even say like it's definitely a religious spirit. It's still trying to earn the right of something versus it's already been given. Like, mm-hmm. we already have the grace of the Lord. We already have love. We already have acceptance in the Lord. Like, He sees us versus I have to prove myself to somebody to be seen to be heard he just shows in a different way like wanting something it's not a bad thing to want to belong it's not a bad thing to want to be seen um it's not a bad thing to want to be heard all those things are you're heard by the lord you're seen by the lord those aren't Mm -hmm. bad things those are human qualities like we want to belong we want to be liked we want to be loved those are human qualities but who are we putting those in the hands of like Mm -hmm. are we putting those in the hands of the lord are we putting those in the hands of man Preach to Evans. Take us to church. <laughs> Let me ask you this in speaking of church. Let's say, uh, you know, you're at church, little girl, or well, not little girl, but high school, maybe going to college. She's freshman. We're not so excited. You know, I'm a, I'm a pledge, you know. And I know you're not really supposed to be, you know, openly about it, but, you know, um, what would what would you do if you heard her and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm a pledge? You know, what would be your your little sit down pep talk. How would that go? You're saying if she's talking to me. Yeah. If you just kind of like, if you knew like a young lady in, ch- in your church, you know, or just knew a young lady in general, maybe family member, you know, was just thinking about it. You know, I really want to pledge this, you know, what, what would, what would you say to her? Um, I would just ask her why, like I would have mm-hmm. a casual conversation with her. Like, you know, what makes you want to pledge? Mm-hmm. Um, like what value do you see in it? Um, I would, I can tell her my journey about it if that's warranted for the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, but if not, I would just, you know, tell her, Hey, like, make sure you pray about every decision that you make, make sure you, um, and not pray, Lord, I want this. Um, Mm. but you know, if that's a part of it, you know, Lord, I like, this is my desire. You can be honest too with the Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm. But you can be Lord, I want this, but at the same time, I want what you want even more. So mm-hmm. help me to want your want. So if this is something that you want me to do, mm-hmm. I'll do it. If this is something that's not in your will, I'm not going to do it. So mm-hmm. I would leave people to prayer before anything. Um, Cause I think it's easy to impose our own opinions, our own beliefs on somebody else 
which leads to idolatry. I don't want somebody idolizing my process and thinking that that's law. My, mm-hmm. That's not law. My, my example is not law. The example of Christ is law. The standard of the Lord is law. So I would literally talk to them like why like you know what what's the reason why you want to do it all that good stuff and um then like i said if it's warranted tell them about my process if not i would just lead them to prayer that's good that's good that's good um and this 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 would be my kind of last question um i guess um along the same point one of the biggest things that people told me is you should really join one for the networking so let's say that that cousin you know, you ask her why and, and you know, y'all kind of go back and forth for a couple of minutes. And she says, well, I really want the networking. Um, you know, I could potentially get a job and my interviewer could be an AKA. Um, you know, how would you respond to that? I'm so glad you brought that back up because I know um, Trevor has said something about like the social and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of that networking aspect. I'm so happy you brought that back up. Um, I actually see that with more um, guys than I do with um, with women. Like I okay. see that that, um, that explanation more with guys than I do with women. I know it's probably the same with with some women, but for the most part, I see that with men. Um, but that that I I'm only doing this because I want to make sure that I kind of get a foot in foot mm-hmm. in the door. Um, I know I'm going to an area of predominantly um, white people or. Or um, I know I'm going to a career with predominantly white people and I know that I'm going to need to network with my brothers and sisters to make sure that I have this, I have that, you know, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I would just tell them, again, there's, there's not a wrong, it's not completely wrong to have that mindset. Like it's, it's you're not going to hell because you have that mindset. I would say, where's your trust in the Lord though? You know, like... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You want this job, you want this opportunity, which is great and it's good, but where is your, do you have trust that the Lord is actually going to give you this job? Do you have trust that it's going to be supernatural doors that are open for you? Or are you trusting a man to put you through the door? Are you trusting a man to do that? And sometimes like people want to have positions that they've only seen um, people who are in divine nine. Um, they've only seen those people in those positions. So it's kind of like, oh, all of them were in there. That's the common denominator. And that's the reason. Um, but at the end of the day, if it's something that the Lord wants you to do, it's going to get done. Mm-hmm. By his power, like he's all sovereign. So we don't have to look to the left and look to the right, trying to figure out, I need to figure out how to get in this. I need to do this. No, if it's, if it's something that the Lord wants you to do, he's going to develop you in, and he's going to put you in those specific positions. That's good. That's good. That's real good. Like even in, I would even say, sorry to add to that. Um, one big thing that attracted me to, to AKA was they had um, a educational enrichment program. So that was one of the initiatives. Mm-hmm. Every, I forgot every couple of years, there's new initiatives and that was a, an initiative. And I was like, oh, I want to be a teacher. Like, this is amazing. Um, but again, like that was, that was an area of lack of trust. I didn't trust that the Lord could do that. I, I didn't trust that the Lord could bring me into different areas um that I that I desire to be in and this like my first time announcing this publicly too you know we just doing new things today Jamal right um, <laughs> but <laughs> I actually went to a curriculum writing program at Yale University that I start on Monday and I didn't get that because of aka I didn't mm-hmm. get that because of um you know anything else but I literally got that because the Lord wants to develop something in me for my future 
Um, so I think looking at it from that perspective too, is there's going to be more of a return on your investment if you're doing something that the Lord called you to do. There we go. Um, versus if, you know, you're doing it on your own accord or you're doing it because you want to do it. There's not going to be, a, a, if anything, it's going to lead more to turmoil, more confusion. Um, mm-hmm. But something that the Lord is calling you to is going to lead you to more understanding about your purpose, about your future, about your destiny. That's good. Mm. That's good. You're going to really have more of a return on investment if you do it God's way. I like that. I like that. That's good. Um, so um, a couple of last things, uh, oh, two, two last things. Um, first, um, just briefly, um, um, what's, what's one piece of encouragement that you would give to someone who's, who's struggling on the fence they're going back and forth. Um, they're, you know, I hear God, but is it really God? You know, what's one piece of encouragement that you would give that person with this type of decision? Such a good question. Um, I would remind them of, you know, why you're on this earth. Like you are literally on this earth. Like God put you on this earth. He made you in his image and his likeness. The only thing he wanted you to do is subdue the earth, obey him and love on him. Like that's it. Um, and to bring him glory. So I would just remind them of the reason why they're on this earth. You're on this earth to serve him. So if it's something or anything in the way of, of getting in the way of that love, acceptance of his love, um, acceptance of his grace, ex- acceptance of his mercy that you feel like you have to earn something um, in order to gain that, earn something in order to, to get somewhere in life. Um, then I would definitely say, you know, just, just take heart, like he's overcome the world. Take heart in, in the fact that he is sovereign, he is God, um, and he's not a God of confusion. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling disoriented or even double-minded in your thoughts, um, nine times out of 10, that just shows that you are anxious, you haven't given it all the way over to him. Um, and the moment you give it over to him, that doesn't mean things aren't gonna happen. That doesn't mean that we don't go through things and struggles because we are going to suffer with the Lord, period. Um, but the biggest thing I can say is that there's going to be so much more joy, peace, um, in the midst of your life versus having a, making a decision that is not of him, um, that will lead you to confusion for the rest of your life. So just, I would definitely say, you know, don't go back or, or keep wrestling with the Lord, wrestle with the Lord on it. Um, but at some point you're going to have to make a decision. I got told that the other day, amen. But at some point you're going to have to make a decision. And is your, is your decision going to help someone in the future? Is your decision going to help your future kids? Is your decision going to help your legacy mm-hmm. um, as in identity or, or is it not? That's good. That's real. That's good. Yeah. All right. Um, last thing. Um, you have a book. Shout your book out. Oh, wow. Wow. I didn't know you had a book. I do. And I put it next to me. Um, (laughs) I have a book. It is called Anomaly. um, And I'm actually relaunching very, very soon. So I'm so glad that. um, Right. uh, But my book is Anomaly. And it's actually about being a Christian in college. Um, So just like we talked about today. And I think, Jamal, you brought it up. Is that a lot of times people coming into college, they've been in or or especially people who are saved that have been in church all of their life. Mm -hmm. Um. They don't have a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people don't have a personal relationship with the Lord. Um, And so this book is just to encourage them, um, those coming into college, maybe seniors or or juniors, um, that they can have a relationship with the Lord. There's no, I heard a pastor say before, there's no baby Holy Spirit. There's no miniature Holy Spirit. 
Um, like you can have a relationship with the Lord before you get into college um, and be solidified in that um, even before that. So I talk about my testimony, my journey through uh, identity, through um, sexual sins, masturbation, pornography, um, through uh, financial issues, through friendships, relationships, like mm-hmm. um, all of that inside of this book. So I like to call it a, a kind of a PCP uh, of um, before mm. you get to college, kind of that 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 keeper before you get to college. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to buy that in bulk because I do some you know youth pastoring and so. Yes, you know, amen. Yes, yeah, that's gonna be helpful because I mean you know. I know what my wife and, you know, obviously going to VCU, she, when we were engaged, it was, she took a religion class. And so it was, the whole class was just about upset with the professor because <laughs> he was railing against Christianity. And so, you know, it's, it's important to, it, the statistics are crazy for, you know, high school students that go to, go to secular universities that, walk away from the faith and don't return so that that book is much needed so i'm gonna have to in fact where can we get it you can get it on my website or on amazon my website is sabrina evans.net um okay. and then you can get it on amazon as well cool so you can get it from sabrina evans.net cool. bet bet yeah i'm gonna get that most definitely cool um well, Sabrina, again, we thank you so, so, so much uh, for joining us, for sharing your story, being willing to share your story. Um, Trevor, you got anything else, man, before we close out? Nah, this is this is a great conversation. Um, thank you so much, uh, Sabrina, for being bold and, you know, sharing your testimony. I'm pretty sure somebody will benefit from it. I know somebody will, praying somebody will. Um, you know, there's some people that come out and just don't ever speak about it. So, um, but yeah, I praise God for that testimony and please get her book. Please go get that yes. book. <laughs> I'm about to, about to have to get that one soon. I'm going to probably order quite a few copies. So dope, for dope. Ministry. thank y'all for having me um, and allowing me to just, I guess, share my journey to, to acceptance of the love of God. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. If, if, if anyone's listening to this and they may have some questions or some comments, um, should they just reach you through your website or what's either the best? Website or yes, either website or my Instagram. And my Instagram is Sabrina L Evans. I believe. Yes. Sabrina L Evans, <laughs> Sabrina L Evans, either my Instagram or my, um, or my, uh, website either, or yes, please ask questions. Please ask questions. I will love those. I will love those. Thank you so much. Thank you, um, thank you guys for having me. Of course. Of oh, course. So we thank you guys for listening. We love you all. Peace. Peace. Peace.